Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon and this is the Creative Innovation Podcast. Hello everyone, thank you for listening. How are you doing? Uh, appreciate the love for checking in as ever. Nice to have you back. Hello to anybody new. The weather this week is neon swatches. Yep, we've got the 60s inspired psychedelic illustration work of Laura Green and, and we've got a lovely story behind it about quitting that job and starting afresh, which... It's quite a scary prospect, but we're going to get deep into all that and the themes in Laura's work. So exciting episode coming up today. Uh, what you be, what you been doing? What you been up to? I hope you've enjoyed the recent run of episodes. It's been quite the intense one. Um, more than usual, we go every two weeks normally, but sometimes you just got to pack them in because it's time sensitive and they're coming thick and fast and you don't want to miss any opportunities to put new episodes your way. So I hope you enjoyed them. Um, who we have? We've had GF Smith talking paper, the tactile and print with the wonderful Jane Crowther. Um, so that's a good one. Go back and check it out. It's a great one for anybody who likes to get geeky in their design, uh, in the production side of things, the tactile, the feel of how the work is produced. Really great episode looking back into GF Smith's history uh, and their role in the graphic design industry today so go check that one out. Dave Haslam, Acid House DJ, legend of the Hacienda, the last man to man the decks, um, writer, broadcaster, general all-round creative person discussing creativity and variation so that's another belter, great response on that one. And then of course the Halloween special, how do you feel about that? Did you enjoy it? Charlie Adlard, the walking dead comic book artist of 15 years, um, ticked a great box for me, haven't really done anything with the comic book world and we've got some more stuff coming up for that. In the not too distant future I'm going to be talking to an old friend of mine and an avid X-Men collector who knows a hell of a lot about those characters and the background and the artwork and the pop culture references in there um, and I really want to get inside his mind so we've got that one coming up soon also. Um, Quick word for the sponsors, keeping this show free for you guys on the regular. Illustrationweb.com, wonderful illustration agency. Representing today's guest, actually, Laura Greenan. She signed new to the agency. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the show, but they're a great bunch of people and they represent worldwide artists right across the globe, uh, working all over the show. They've got teams in various countries making sure it's a slick operation, supporting the creative industries and doing a lot of great work with the likes of the SAA, the Society of Artists Agents, the Association of Illustrators, fellow supporter of the show, to make sure we've got a strong industry and uh, strong copyright laws and the rest of it, alongside the pretty stuff, which you can also go and check out on their great portfolio site, illustrationweb.com, along with their news section, which gives you an inside scoop into the artists, the work they're doing and the clients they're working with so go and check out all that good stuff heartinternet.co.uk my digital and tech sponsor uh the kind of apt for today they give us a tip every episode and laura greenan's work is beautiful uh succinct gloopy uh psychedelic pop culture retro uh gorgeousness <laughs> and we're going to talk about the subjects and the themes and Laura's love of video gaming and uh, all that kind of stuff and how that comes into her work but also how she connects with those audiences how she manages to get some of the subjects of her work so the games films to share the stuff and how that gets great attraction so we're going to dig into that stuff today so listen out for that tip as part of the episode and that's courtesy of heartinternet.co.uk providing great uh, SEO advice, uh, social media advice, they do great domain name hosting, all the web stuff that you need to get the presence that your business requires in this day and age uh, in the digital arena. It's <laughs> quite the mouthful. So come check them out, great guys, loyal show supporters. And finally, last but not least, the ever-growing Association of Illustrators has been around for a number of years now, supporting the illustration industry with the important stuff that we don't always like to talk about, but the stuff that we all need, so the business stuff, uh, the pricing, the contracts, <laughs> the grim stuff, but the necessary stuff to get right, otherwise we all get screwed a little bit. So go and check them out, theaoi.com. So... I hope you're good. I hope you've been up to some exciting projects. Please do come and keep sharing with them on social media at Arrest or Mimics or on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Let me know what you've been up to. If there's something that you think is worthy of an episode or something you'd like to talk about, please do shout about that. Alternatively, let me know if there's somebody you'd like to hear from on the show or a particular theme or subject that you feel would be good covered on the show. Um, always up for audience participation. I mean, hell, this is how the show started. This is how the show moves. It's through feedback in pubs, on trains, um, over the phone with anyone in our industry that just helps me to move this thing along. At the end of the day, I'm an illustrator. I'm not a broadcaster, but I share this content 
content because I'm passionate about creativity and I want to strengthen um, this beautiful business that we all have to work in. So get that stuff over at the rest of on the social. So Laura Greenham, um, fantastic illustrator, signed recently to Illustration Web and I clocked her work coming up on the website. I thought, that's pretty nice. That's quite unique stuff. It's really quite striking and it really popped off the page. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about Laura. Um, we're going to talk about her being a huge fan of 60s music and design uh, since she was a teenager and how her new work allows her to showcase her passion for this style every day in her own words. Um, she says she likes to develop unique pop art inspired bespoke creative solutions for clients and use bright colours and patterns that engage customers. To bring a sense of fun, and there certainly is a lot of fun going on in this work, it's, uh, it's quite mesmerising. I found myself on the train down to London to interview Laura and I was glued to her website flicking through some of the same images numerous times because it really did grab me, so I was fascinated to hear about that. But I also caught wind that Laura had only recently come into the illustration arena after quitting her job working as a designer. Uh, for the Lotus Group, a job which she says she loved, did for a long time, but in the end had to scratch that itch, got frustrated and had to get out and explore her creative side and illustrative work. So it's always quite intimidating when you leave a full-time role and you've got that salary, you've got the comfort, as we'll discuss all that stuff and how it felt to jump off that cliff. Um, and why it's not quite got going yet, actually. Um, there's a lot of people come on this show with a wealth of experience, with um, you know great stories from 50 years of battle and these success stories. But I also like to show the other side of that thing. And as any regular listeners will know, I have students on, I have uh, up-and-coming people, people who've switched careers. I try to cover a, a broad spectrum of experiences because it's not all about the success stories and there's only so much we can learn if we just go down that one track. So I was excited to hear from Laura about how it's felt and why she's been working only on personal projects. And whilst that's been wonderful for the soul, it's actually been quite nerve-wracking because she hasn't earned any money yet. And we're going to get into that. Um, I am happy to tell you that since we recorded this episode, Laura has actually found a nice little flurry of projects of commissioned work. So it comes as no surprise to me because her work is stunning and I think it's of a high professional standard. So, and uh, I tried to tell that on the day, but I think for anyone who's going through the mire, who's feeling um, you know, uncertain about where they are at any given point, we'll all, we all know, we can all testify that it's not so easy to buy into that and to believe it, and it is easy to doubt. And we're going to get into that also, so it's going to talk about self-doubt. Um, but it is up and moving for Laura now, which is really exciting, and we're going to get into how it feels at the very beginning of an exciting journey into the world of illustration. So please get the feedback over at the rest on the mix. Let, you know, let me know how you feel about the conversation. Go and check out Laura's work at lauragreenan.com. Um, Cheers. I'm not going to keep you any longer. I meet Laura at the South Bank Centre in London to talk. I apologise about the minor background noise. Uh, we were working with what we had. Enjoy. Nice one, guys. Cheers. I would say I was a creative kid, yes. Yeah. And that, that, was, that was generally the only thing I ever sort of enjoyed doing um, and that I, I was good at. Yeah. Um, I do have memories when I was very young I wanted to be a marine biologist oh really? But that was very specific though that was because we used to go on holiday to Florida nearly every year yeah. and we go to SeaWorld and I just liked like all the dolphins and whales and nice. stuff and I thought what job do you need to do to sort of look after them and that was it <laughs> well, I was never really particularly into science so that kind of <laughs> fell by the wayside quite quickly um, but yeah I was always I was always interested in art and that was always my favourite subjects yeah. at school um, just drawing you just you got me thinking then when you said about that and I never considered this before then but people I come across a lot of kind of fanciful other ideas that people had I, would, I wanted to be a copper until my dad told me it wasn't like heartbeat that's not I'm not joking either <laughs> I, I used to watch it and go yeah, yeah I could do what Nick Berry does nice. <laughs> and then he went no it's a bit, it's more, like bit more a bit more real than that and I switched quite quickly <laughs> <laughs> so you live in London now. How yes. are you finding that? Uh, generally very good. I like... Um, I mean, we live just outside Central now in Kingston, um, which I like because it's sort of close enough to Central that you can still very easily get in, mm. but it's not so manic and crazy. Um, we lived in Peckham before that for quite a few years. Yeah. And that was all right, because yeah, that was very close to where we worked, so we, we could just... We walked to work from there. Yeah. It was nice. It's nice being close to um, you know, things to do. You know, occasionally, I do get bursts of energy. Yeah. Where I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to this art gallery today, and I'm going to I want to go to a show or whatever. Yeah. And it's handy that it's still so close. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I like, and I think my husband likes as well. Yeah. Um, so I do sometimes think about, you know, how you know, cause I don't generally like I don't like noise or too much noise or too many people. So there are times I think just you know I'd love to sort of go away somewhere and live somewhere just like completely isolated. Oh, no, yeah. generally I think I probably feel the same. When I, when I was, we never lived in a big city when I was growing up. We always lived, you know, in the suburbs or something. Yeah. Um, we, we never, but again, we never lived in the middle of nowhere. And yeah, I mean, generally I think I wouldn't, long term, I don't think I'd enjoy it if we did that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like that, I have to, I think I'd, it'd be nice, it's nice to live close by to somewhere. Yeah. Like that, where you can just go. I think so, yeah. yeah. You can grab that bit of peace of mind and you can get all the good stuff, and I think it's a nice balance for. Uh, a lot of creative brains. You can't ever say the creative brain because that's a very, very broad statement. <laughs> so, so in terms of liking out as a kid, did you draw? A lot of people seem to find that as a as a route. Um, I don't really remember drawing a lot outside of school. Mm. I enjoyed it when I did it at school. Because um, I've I've always been introverted in that, and the stuff I enjoy doing has always been sort of. Reading or watching TV, playing games. I've always played a lot of computer games and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't particularly remember drawing a lot at home. Um, I think I probably must have done at some point, and I think I probably enjoyed it. Mm. Um, my mum was fairly arty. Um, she did sort of arts and crafts. Kind of stuff. She had her own little workroom in the garage. Nice. Um, it had like some little sort of woodworking, like saws and things, and she did. She made like a sort of wooden arts and crafts, and she did sewing and painting and stuff. And did she? Did she? Uh, did you get to use it? Did I get to use yeah. it? Yeah. No, no, I, no. I was, far, <laughs> was that her zone? I was far too, well. I, I didn't want to go near any of that saws or anything. I was yeah, too scared of, course, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I did borrow. I'm sure I borrowed like paints and brushes and stuff from her. Yeah. <laughs> I was never into that side of it. <laughs> so how about the um, looking at your style now? There's, there's mm. a nice, very contemporary psychedelic aspect to it. Is that, would that be accurate description? You think? Yes. Yes. And where, and where does that come from? Um, well, I suppose that comes from my love of '60s style design, mm. um, colours particularly. Um, and I guess that has come from, well, again, because I've never, I haven't always sort of been into that. I think I've always liked bright colours. Yeah. I, I just remember growing up, um, the Lisa Frank stuff, like in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, which is like, you know, completely psychedelic fantasy kind of stuff. Yeah. I remember I had lots of her stationery and folders and things, just because I loved it. Um, but the whole 60s thing, I think that sort of, that originated... Um, that was, well, that came from, it started off with the music. Because um, in the mid-90s, they had the Beatles anthology. Mm. Remember that? It was like 95 or 96 or something. Yeah. Um, and basically, I think that basically started it in that I, sort of, I just became then sort of obsessed with that. And I loved it. And I got all the music. And I had a friend at school who liked it as well. And she had, um, she had Help and Hard Day's Night on VHS, which she lent me and I watched. Um, so I remember just becoming sort of obsessed with them and that music and then yeah. that sort of led on to other music of the time um, and of the 1970s as well um, and that led on to sort of getting books about them reading about them which led on to getting books about the time in general um, and the whole style um, kind of design, interiors, all that kind of thing I started sort of getting books about that 60s interior design and things. It's nice. Um, I find it very interesting how one uh, one kind of key interest like that can unlock this whole, you know, an, an era yeah. or a whole music scene, whatever it might be. It's mm. quite surprising at the time, isn't it? As well, it's almost like this wonderful thing where this big vista opens up and it's like, yeah, yeah. Here's all these other things that went around that, and then you just you don't know where to start. I've never sort of, I've never heard of before or seen before or anything. I was mm. like, oh my god, I, really, I like that. That's nice. Or yeah. I like those colours or. Yeah, that kind of thing. What I find interesting about that is that because uh, it's quite funny. I was obsessed with the same with the thing, the anthology. My dad was Beatles madly. Mm. You know, he grew up in the sixties, and same thing. They kind of opened dolls, but at that time there was there was no internet, so my, my cultural horizons 
uh, were very limited yeah. and it, it gave me time to really obsess and, and kind of really get into that because I didn't have much else yeah. in terms of choice. Is that something you think played a part into you having the kind of time and uh, to, to explore those horizons? Probably, because we only had, I mean, at that time we had dial-up internet and um, <laughs> yeah, we could only use it like for you know, half an hour in the evening. So, yeah. I mean, I hardly used it at all from what I remember. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember using the internet at all for that. It was um, yeah, watching TV. I got the whole anthology on VHS, which I watched. Um, yeah, it's just I remember just buying a lot of books about it, mm. reading about them, and then and the whole decade is you know is in, in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any, I, I seem to remember there were a few TV programs on as well. I remember recording TV programs about you know, other '60s music, mm. um, like all that stuff. I'm sure they used to like you know. We love 1971 or whatever. Yeah, on TV. yeah, yeah. They used to have loads of programs like that. And I remember I used to record. I recorded some of them. It was just that, and just yeah, just reading a lot about it. Yeah, um, they were. They, they, what, what's really interesting is that influences. It's very apparent in your work. However, it doesn't feel in any way like a pastiche to me. That's what attracted me to to the style. I thought this is this is interesting. It's got a psychedelic feel, but I don't know what. It, it's not. Doesn't look dated. It's not. Not at all. In fact, it's quite full. It's, it seems very now. It seems very. You know, it, it stands out as different to a lot of things that I see, which in my book can only be a good thing. That's good. Um, how is that? I mean, what, what's the, the process? Is it all? Is it digital? Is it all digital? Where did you even? Where did you start to find this style? I guess is what I'm asking. Um, yes, yeah, like it's all digital. I do everything digital. Um, and I find. I mean, I guess find the style. I think it's just. It's a process of trial and error. Um, well, basically, because when I left, when I left my full-time job, mm. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just wanted, I just knew I wanted to sort of stop doing that, and I didn't really know if I was going to carry on doing anything creative either. I was just I had no idea. Um, so it took about like five or six months, just on and off, trying different things. You know, do I like doing this? Do I want to do this? Um, various creative outlets mm. and to have actually landed on doing just I kind of just narrowed it down to well what do I want you know, what do I want to do what do I want to create yeah I just started sort of very basic in that you know, I want well, I want to create something with a lot of color yeah. I want to create something really colorful just because that's what I like um, so it's like yeah, I just started you know I started drawing the Beatles and putting you know that color on you know did I like that I like that style, I and mean, it just kind of evolved yeah. quite um, naturally. And obviously, as I got better and better at doing it, um, I'd look at, you know, I'd see images or something on the internet, on Pinterest or whatever. I think, oh, I like that. I'll add that a bit into what I do. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess it's just adding those things that I see that I like. Yeah. And kind of adapting it just to, into what I do. It sounds like that's a bit, It sounds like you're starting to learn. What you said there, lead with feeling and, uh, and pleasure, uh, which are, are very yes. overlooked things. For, particularly when I think when people are starting out at a younger age, I certainly did it. I, I looked around and thought, what should I be doing? What do people expect? And, and massively overlooked mm. that what they expect is to, to come from within. That what, at least what any good art director, creative director looks for is something with feeling and yeah. I guess honesty to the character, which is what makes a strong yeah. style, really. It's, yeah. a, it's an extension of the person. So was that some? What was the job before that, and was and what and why did you leave out? Uh, I worked as a graphic designer for a travel company, hmm. um, and I was there for a long time. I think eleven years. Yeah. Um, and for, for most of that time, it was fine. It was great because I got that job soon after leaving uni. I finished uni in like May or June, and I started working there in October, hmm. um, which was great. Um, but eventually got to a point where I just felt incredibly stifled and I, wasn't, I felt like I wasn't doing anything creative yeah. at all, let alone anything that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I was in a fortunate, fortunate enough position, I had um, the money where I, could leave, I knew I could leave and you know, financially I'd be fine. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, and um, obviously with my, the support of my husband and things like that. Yeah, I said something. Sort of Sorry, I've got own. I've got to go. I've yeah. got to start doing something else. I'm just. It was making me unhappy. I could feel. I could feel myself becoming more irritable. Yeah. 
just in general, because I was so unhappy at work and um, all that kind of stuff. Did you uh, did it ever make you, and I encounter this quite a lot of people. Did it did it did it ever make you question your creativity or your ability? Because I've been there myself when I felt quite burned out or disillusioned with what I'm doing, mm. and, and I tend to look inwards and, and, and question the <coughs> fundamentals when actually it's often about leading with feeling and, and making the changes that you need to make for you yeah. as a person. I think it did. Well, it, well, it, it definitely questioned as to whether did I want to carry on doing anything creative because yeah. that was kind of the only thing I'd ever done since I left uni and it was like you know, do I want to carry on doing something like this and I didn't think I did um, in terms of my actual ability or anything um, yeah. I think it probably did I did question it a bit because cause I'd been in the same place for so long yeah. was the work I was was the work I was doing it was it actually good yeah. Or was it just actually all right for that place of work? Because generally, they, I mean, they seem to like it. They gave me a lot of direction as to what to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, mm. kind of what you know, what area I wanted to go into afterwards. Yeah. Would I still be good at it? So well, yeah, and and, and, when you, and as you say, you hit on something important there. When I think when you've been serving someone else's you know, working someone else's parameters, whether it be that a brand or a style or whatever it is, if you don't feel you, you have room to express you as a, as a character within that, I think it, it to a degree undermines the process of being creative in the first place. And when that's removed, as just as naturally interest, introspective creative people, I, I think that we do quite quickly look at what we're doing and think oh god I lost it or, or, or is this why I got into this you know there's always oh that. no that was it yeah exactly yeah because I was thinking this isn't what I got into this to do yeah is to be this unhappy or to you know, have to do this every day yeah or not do it every day and it takes courage to, to make a decision to leave that you know when you've got the full time wage and you've got the kind of comfort of a full time job yeah it takes courage to, to make that decision so were, were you, was there any fear I mean you said, you said that you'd, you'd arrived at a position where maybe there wasn't so much financial risk but actually mm. did, did you get that classic thing where you, it's really exciting for about two days and then you go oh shit I'm technically unemployed which I've done a million times um, I, I, I didn't get that feeling but I did I mean obviously I had you know the fear yeah um, yeah I mean I was I was sort of thinking about leaving on and off for probably three or four years before I actually did it yeah um, yeah but I knew I had to save up some more money to do it anyway yeah um yeah, and it just got to it got to, got to a point where it was just you know oh, I, I really don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And my husband knew I was serious, so I think you know he's like, okay, well, I think you should leave then. Yeah. Um, but after I left, I didn't really I didn't really ever get that feeling like oh god, what have I done? I I've never had that. Good. <laughs> um, because you shouldn't. Your stuff's great, so you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah. So um, yeah, and obviously I'm pleased. I think it's worked out well so far, which is good. Um, but yeah, no, I never had that. The, I, mean, the, I mean, the only thing I've ever missed has been the money. Yeah. Um, everything else, I'm, yeah, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. And that's a part is is so important. Um, it's hard to overstate the importance of, of closest people in your life. Yeah. At least allowing you to do it, if not fully supporting it. You know, yeah. it, it's great. I mean, I've always been quite fortunate in my own thing, whether it's parents or partners. Everyone's always got behind it and left me to it when, when you know, there wasn't ever any pressure either the other way. It was kind of do what you need to do and be happy. That that was always there to a degree, which has been so yeah. important to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. No, that's good. Now, I wouldn't have... I mean, if he hadn't sort of been behind it or thought it was a good idea, then I wouldn't have done it. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously he knew that you know, he'd been building up, you know, he knew how happy I was about it and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So that was nice. So now that you've arrived at you know this, this place where you're an illustrator and you're mm. freelance, what's what's happening? Are you are you um, you're still creating largely self-initiated work at the moment? Yes, at the moment it's all self-initiated. Yeah. Um, which I do. I think I'm quite lucky in that I generally have a fairly good work ethic, and I treat it like a full-time job. I sort of get up early and I work all day. Yeah. And I finish at normal time and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a yeah, I have a weekly schedule which I write down every Sunday, like new you know, projects I want to try out, things I want to do, and I'm generally quite good at sticking to it. Um, so I get you know I get a lot of work done. Yeah. 
um, which I think is the reason why I've, I feel like I've improved a lot, um, even though I've only been doing it for about a year. Yeah. Um, if I compare the stuff I'm doing now to this time last year, and it's an, obviously, an obvious improvement, which I think is, um, yeah, because of that, I do, you know, on, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, ongoing projects, I've got yeah. stuff going on, you know, something I want to try out, so that's good. Brilliant. And you mentioned the sort of sphere of influence, as you said, about gaming and yeah. TV and reading and things. Do you, are you, um, some people overlook that stuff, and I think it's some of the most important material that anybody has, no matter what their thing is. Mm. I think it's really important to uh, to to pay attention to that, you know, where the heart is, and, and, and not not separate that from from work. Is that no. some, is that do you do you mark it as such, and is it is that a place? Is that are these things that you use as tools within the work? Um, I use them as a lot of inspiration. Because mm. um, yeah, I mean, I've all, since I left my full time job, it's always been about I, I need to do what I enjoy doing yes. in a way that I enjoy doing it yeah. otherwise there's no point and I'll just go and get you know, a full-time job somewhere yeah. Um, so yeah I mean I always focus on that and that's served me well so far yeah. in that I still I really enjoy doing it um, so yeah I mean I do I do a lot of designs of you know games or TV shows that I like because that's why you know if that's, if that's something I'm into at that time yeah. then I like drawing it and like, yeah. like putting it together and kind of thing so um, a lot of my work um, is sort of based on stuff like that, which is good. Um, and also I do do, I have done sort of more commercial based stuff for like, you know, for more like commercial illustration, you know, to do with food or travel, that kind of thing, which might, you know, sell more yeah. or be more um, appealing to um, clients and things like that. Yeah. Um, I try and keep it sort of half and half. If I do one, I do sort of one completely personal project on something I really like, a game or a TV show, and it'd be something more commercial, you know, travel or yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I find that works well because I sort of I have sort of both going at the same time. I think it's a healthy move. I mean, it's something I've always tried to do is think, okay, and there's a, I think I feel there's a big difference between going what do people want to see mm. and actually what is there a market for? Because if you yeah. bring your aesthetic and your you know your visual style to that stuff then you know that's not I don't think that's selling out as anywhere which I seem to have a fear of sometimes you know um, I've, yeah. I've, I've always quite enjoyed just drawing objective stuff so, because when you've got a distinct style as you have I think yeah. I think to, to, to just blend that to an object is not is no bad thing you know and, and yeah no that is true as long as I'm doing it in I guess in the in my style in a style that I like then I'll enjoy it yes um, so yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. that'd be great. Well, that's it, and and I think um, I think when you've got those kind of influences, it's good to think about different ways they can work. I mean, I was drawing some kids in tracksuits outside a fried chicken shop the other day. I see a lot of that these days. I don't know what it is with the fried chicken, but I, th- I was on a bus and it pulled up at the lights, and I got this amazing kind of isometric viewpoint. And I took a picture really quick, looking at your style. I'd be very curious to see how the more simplistic things work in the Laura Greening style because it's got real energy about it, real mm. pop. So I think so. What games? Name, name some games. I'm, I'm out of the loop. I'm not I'm a sort of retired gamer, but right. I did go through some obsessive phases as a, as a kid. Yeah. Uh, well, at the moment, um, it's I'm playing Tomb Raider, the new Tomb Raider game. Um, I just finished some work actually on that. Um, a couple of designs. I saw them actually. I saw one. I think oh yeah. yeah. Should be a website. I've seen it somewhere online. Anyway, I was doing my research. Yeah, I post them everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I did a couple of designs for that. Um, so there's that. I like. Um, the Uncharted games, which are very similar to that, kind of you know climbing, shooting, finding treasure, that kind of thing. Um, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was another one I really liked. Yeah. Um, I did some work. I did some work on that as well. Um, those are the those, yeah those are the ones at the moment that I'm into. My husband's really into the racing games as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Formula One and Gran Turismo and stuff. Nice. He's obsessed with it. Do you get feedback from those sectors? Because I know they're very passionate people, people who love their games, and I always like to see the kind of, whether it's a Comic Con or whether it's an online kind of loving from people mm. who are into whatever pop culture it might be. I've got a real soft spot for that. Do you, do you, do you get it out in those worlds and do you get feedback from the people who like those games? Um, I do sometimes on Twitter. Um, I don't really post them anywhere else, so I suppose I could maybe look into that. 
um, like, I don't know, some gaming forums or something. Mm. I don't know, because I don't go on any of that, I don't sort of visit any of those places. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do get some feedback on um, Twitter, because um, a lot of the time the games have their own like Twitter account and things, so I copy them in um, to see if they like it. Yeah. Um, sometimes they retweet it. The Horizon Zero Dawn work I did, uh, they retweeted. Nice. Which was nice. Um, I did some actually work for a game called Persona 5, uh, which I didn't play, but my husband played. Mm. Um, it's like a Japanese role-playing game. Um, and there, there were a lot of fans of that on Twitter. Oh, JRPGs. I've got more that the Final Fantasy <laughs> VII was my big thing in the, when I was a teenager. And oh my God, talk about passionate fan base. Yeah, no, there were a lot of, there were a lot of them. Because my husband actually, he worked on um, an app based on that game as well, which he really liked. Fantastic. And I did um, like, a, like a print for each character. It's like eight or nine characters. And I did a print design for each one. And they were they were all quite they got quite a lot of feedback. Excellent, which was nice. It's, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love I love um, you know I love letters to your passion. And I think is a is is brilliant. And actually, you, it's it's one of the best ways you can market to that mm. industry. You know, it's to, to show that you know the subject. Mm. You've got the skills to give it something different in your own way. Yeah. How do you know there's not you know an art director for the next version who's looking to make a change and you're not that change? Well, yeah. You know that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And I know a number of people, and myself included, who have managed to get a break or the right person in that company. That I'm a big wrestling fan. That's my thing. Man. I've never grown out of it. Mm. Thought that I would. And um, and I managed to get a, a gig with the WWE and done a lot of work for them since. And um, I had a guy called Paul Shipper on the show who's. Um, do you know Drew Screws and all the original like uh, Indiana Jones posters, the big montage artworks? Oh, really? He does a very he does a sort of more digital contemporary style of that. Mm. And when we talked on the show, he said that his bucket this thing was Star Wars. And a few weeks later, he ended up getting one of the official Star Wars posters for the most recent film, which I was just loving. But just by proxy, because I didn't interview him and heard his stories have been in video libraries <laughs> in the eighties as a kid. And, um, Passion's one of the biggest things you can market, I think, in this industry. I really do, uh, because it just there's nothing that comes across like that more, more than that <laughs> in a visual style, you know. Yeah, no, I'd love if I got a job doing something for you know a gaming company or to illustrate, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd lose my mind if I had something yeah. like that. I'm gonna, I'd love to see it, and now it, don't be freaked out if you get the odd email from me going. This and this, there's an art director there for that thing because I, I just liked it. I love to see that happen to people and then, you know, get to work with their loves. Mm. It's, it's a great thing. And uh, God, the worst thing you can do is tell me, tell me that you're interested in something creatively, and that's it. I'm just like, right, what can I help make it happen? Because I just love seeing it. <laughs> well, I think if you do work in, if you do, you know, work for something that you, something like that that you're passionate about, mm. um, I, I follow quite a few people on Twitter who do like fan art. I think they, you know, would probably it's technically cool to like. You know, games or films or whatever, and I hear a lot of stories from them about you know how they just they draw something just because they enjoy it, yeah. and then someone sees it and say, well, can you, you know can you can you come and do this or whatever? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that might happen. Yeah. One of the things I do. Yeah. That'd be good. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure things will happen. Like, say you've got a unique thing going on there. I think. How do you deal with confidence, given that you're quite new to it? Do you have? I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't have days, good and bad, where mm. some days they feel, like, look at their work, just go, oh my god, I'm actually really rubbish. <laughs> and other days where they look at it and think, feel really, really good about it. Are you, are you like that? Um, I'm not. I don't think I'm too bad in regards to my actual work and the things that I do. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, there are times I draw something I'm not overly keen on it, or I don't. Oh, that's not great. Yeah. Um, in that case, I usually just leave it or I come back to it another time or I just start something else. Um, so in terms of confidence about my actual work, I don't think I have much of an issue at the moment yeah. about that. The main issue, if I have any sort of anything like that um, affecting me, it's more to do with um, just physically just feeling, I guess, kind of drained or too tired. I don't feel like lack of motivation yeah. to actually do any work at all. Yeah. I sometimes have an issue with... Yeah. Um, like I just you know, start the day, I sit down at my desk and I just think I really don't feel like doing this. Yeah. Um, and oh, sometimes yeah. I try. I have to sort of force myself. I try and force myself to do it. Um, and sometimes I just say, "Oh no, there's no point. I'm not yeah. doing. I'm not doing anything useful. I might as well just stop." I got to. I was just about to ask. I was about to say, "Are, are you? Um, do you allow for that?" Because because I, certainly in my early days, I would sit there regardless and churn out rubbish for. 12 yeah. hours and then think well that was stupid why yeah. didn't you just go and see a film yeah, if, obviously if you don't have deadlines or you don't have responsibilities then 
under pressure I tend to be alright but it's when I don't have any work on or I've got longer deadlines that I can mm. get the, like you say the motivation spikes and picks and troughs but mm. I'm better these days at going well actually why not just go and meet a friend and have coffee or a chat and hope that something changes or yeah. go and watch a film or just have a lazy day but it, oh God, you always have to fight against that guilt. I feel, you know. Yes, no, I do. I feel that. <laughs> I do. I feel that as well. Thinking if I don't, particularly if I haven't, if it if it goes on for more than maybe two or three days in a row, I feel like oh, I've got. I've, you know, this isn't very really good. Yeah, I don't feel. <laughs> I don't feel good about this. I was talking to a guy last week for the show actually called Kevin House, and he's really interesting. Because he goes and talks at all kinds of different things and, and kind of coaches on helping people to be the best selves, and it's become a, something of a cliche that statement these days, but. I asked him about that and said, look, you know, like, yeah, sometimes you have to wait for creativity. If you're not feeling that, some, he was talking about things you can put in place to kind of work against that. And he told, you know, these interesting stories of, let's say, footballers who have to perform at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, regardless yeah. of whether you're feeling up for it or not. And he talks about putting the right things in place to get themselves in the zone, be that music or genes, the right warm-ups. So it's, quite, yeah. it's, it's interesting that there's a science behind that that you can kind of counter it. Mm. Um, in a sense, like you say, if it's goes on for a few days and you have to and you've got a project, sometimes you just have to find a way to step <laughs> out of it. Have you got any methods to that end? Um, <laughs> not really, to be honest. I mean, if, if I feel like I have to do something, I just sit there and I force myself just to, yeah. <laughs> to try and <laughs> either get into it or... Just try and do, you know, just do something. Because um, at the moment, because I don't have it, it's all sort of self-initiated. It's not too bad. Yeah. In that, if I'm really not feeling it, then I will just sort of, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll stand up. I go and do something else. I'll try and do something else useful. You know, whether it's you know, sort of tidying up the house or yeah, yeah. doing some basic DIY I could get started with or something. Yeah. I go do that instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't particularly have a method about how to fix it. I just, sort of, I just have to wait until it goes away. Yeah. Yeah, just really. pick, pick the moment, yeah. I mean, it, all, it always does, eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very, it's very up and down. Yeah. I can go through, like, a few weeks or a few months feeling great, and I do loads of work, and it's brilliant. And yeah. And I can have, like, two or three weeks where I just don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see. At the moment, it's, it works all right. Yeah. Once I actually start getting... Like paid work and stuff. Yeah. We'll, see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And you've just been taken on by an agency as well, the illustration one, is that right? Yes. Yeah, same one as me, so yeah, I know, I know where you're at. <laughs> yes. And um, was, that a, was that a kick when you found out that you wanted to? Um, did, you yeah. pro- did you approach them? Or did they yes, no, I went on their website and I uploaded um, uh, whatever it was, I uploaded work onto there. And yeah, and got an email back saying, um, yeah, we've chosen you. I'm gonna, we're going to put you forward to these. I think I have to upload a load of work to yeah. show it to everyone. Um, and then I got an email back saying, yeah, we'd like to represent you, which was great. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's nice um, validation. Yeah. To know that I'm, what I'm doing isn't completely, you know, off the mark or whatever. Yeah. Uh, other people seem to like it. I think it might be commercial. Well, yeah, and I mean they get bombarded. Every illustration agency gets hammered by people looking for representation. Yeah. So I feel it's a. I took it as a great compliment when um, when I got that call. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's good. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that um, yeah, good things will come out of it. Yeah. Making some money. Yeah. They got. It's a common question. I mean, if ever I do a talk at a uni or whatever it might be. People always, particularly towards the end of their degree, when they start to freak out about real life happening, mm. they um, they tend to. I think some people see it as a, oh god, like they can help me, but actually, it's a very much a relationship that you have to develop with an agency. Yeah. I've found in my experience, you know, they uh, they do a lot of work on your behalf, but I think if you if you are kind of singing from the heart and, and doing the stuff that we talked about, the passionate stuff and the personal stuff, then it helps them out greatly because it puts you yeah. in a unique space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, yeah, hopefully that's going to turn out to be something fruitful. Yes, I hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I've got my promo week scheduled. Very so nice. we'll see what happens when they start putting my stuff out there, I suppose. Nice. Just, um, keep on doing what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, doing stuff I'm And what's in the pipeline? Have you got anything, uh, any new pieces, plans you can um, share? Well, I've, I've just finished doing like a couple of things last week. Um, so at the moment, uh, yeah, it's thinking up what to do next, basically. I've got, I'm going to do um, uh, like a little video 
like my working environment or a day in the life or something to put on my portfolio, yeah. um, which will go on my agency portfolio as well. Because um, they suggested that'd be a good idea. It's like, you know, if clients go on the website, they can, you know, they get a more personal view of what you're like yeah. and that kind of thing. Perhaps more likely, you know, to work with you or something. Yeah. Um, so I was going to do that. Um, in terms of next design projects, I'm not sure. Probably something maybe seasonal based to do with autumn. Nice. I'm using lots of oranges and reds mm. and yellows, that kind of thing. Because um, I usually do a lot of, like, to do with them, um, uh, significant dates and things. I usually do, like, sort of Halloween, just a little thing, or, you know, bonfire night I did last year as well. Yeah. And I actually just thought this morning I need to start thinking about me if I want to do anything for Christmas. <laughs> I want to do anything Christmas-based. I think we need to get that started soon. Yeah. If people want to buy it. Yeah. Got to get in there early. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I've got quite a few things yeah. thinking about doing. How about colour? Are you comfortable with it? It seems a very prominent part of your work. Yes. I was terrified of colour for the first couple of years. Oh, really? <laughs> Not terrified of it, but I just wasn't very good technically applying what I envisioned. Mm. It took me a while to get there and uh, do a lot of black and white as a result of that with minimal colour, which ironically enough, now that I can do full colour, I've come back to doing that anyway, but it's a choice mm. this time around. Whereas your stuff is, it seems, uh, a very strong part of it. Is, yes. Is, is, the, is the great colour use, in my opinion. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I've always... That was one of the things um, that I didn't get to do a lot of in my full-time job. Um, um, so, yeah, when I got the opportunity to do, sort of work for myself, that was definitely something I wanted to, you know, mm. all the, use all the colours all the time. Yeah. Um, I think it's fairly... It's quite intuitive, I think. I mean, cause I went to art school, so I know obviously a bit, you know, about colour theory and things. Yeah. Because we did a bit on that. Um, but it's not like I don't particularly um, sort of, you know, every time I start a job, I don't sort of look it up, you know, what yeah. colours. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's you know, it's, it's very intuitive in that I just I put it together. I sometimes get an idea in my head of what I want it to look like. Um, you know, what colours do I want to use? Is there a particular feeling I want to get across? Um, sometimes I just see an image or something on the internet and I think, oh, I like that colour. Yeah. I want to use that in something. Um, and the other stuff around it, yeah, it's very intuitive. I just sort of, I just put in what I think looks right and I just play around with it until I think, oh, that works. I think it's good to live with instinct and you can always work backwards, can you, and fine yeah, tune yeah. when you, when it went in, you know, depending on the audience it's for or the project or mm-hmm. whatever it is you're trying, whatever story you're trying to tell, I guess. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I like just working digitally, because it's, it's so quick quick and easy to do that, to change things. Yeah. If I don't like that, I can go, yeah. Yeah, the flexibility is a, a nice upside to it. Mm. Yeah. What I like about your story as well is that there seems to be a common thread of the things you didn't get the chance to do in your job. <laughs> and I'm a big advocate of, I always say this, but nobody ever seeks out frustration or any of those feelings. Yeah. But actually, sometimes they can be the greatest motivators and the catalyst that you needed, you mm. know, to, to get that kick-started. So. Yeah. Sometimes when you spend so long unable to do it, it's like let <laughs> yeah. me at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been. Yeah, exactly. It does feel like that. I've sort of been. I've been sort of let loose. So I can now do. I can do what I want. So I'm going to use everything. Yeah. Yeah. And what's nice is, and what I would say just from experience is, that this time to do this stuff is, is some of the like the. There's a sense of magic I found in my own time of going through this one. I didn't have a lot of work on mm. and had that time to self-initiate everything. It's, it's a really formative time, and actually, because you're leading from you, that's your chance to really establish what you want mm. Laura Greenwood to be. Yeah. Um, you know, sorry, I didn't say wrong. <laughs> um, but, you know, when, when, you, when you are sort of thick and fast busy, it's not always so, so you know, it's harder to find that time. So mm. I think it's a, you know... I'm glad to hear you have got that drive and that kind of that will to do it all now because it's, yes. it's the best chance to, to establish you without restriction. Yes, no, definitely. Um, I mean, that is that's only one thing I do slightly worry about is you know if in the future will I lose that kind of motivational drive to do it? Why you know will I eventually get bored of doing doing what I'm doing? I don't know. I, th- I think a big part of that, and this is something I've been writing about recently a lot, is. Um, is always listening to the character and and not being sidetracked too much by the work that comes in and by that I, I, I'm, what I'm trying to do at the minute is really work with clients to look at what the project is and say this is what I feel it should be this is what it would have to be for me to do a good job on it if you can 
work with me on that, yeah. we'll, we'll do a good job. And I, and I never would have had the balls to do that early on, but these days, I find most clients are really up for that because they like the fact that you care about what they're doing and you want to do a good job. And actually, yeah. again, like we said about the stuff, whether it's a simple drawing of food or whatever it might be, again, it's, it's making sure that, you know, you respect what you want to be as a professional and the work you want to do and applying that to, to jobs the best you can. Okay. So would you actually question, like, say, give you something to do, would you question what you know what they want out of it like. yeah um, but yeah sometimes it depends I mean sometimes the briefs come in and I'm like oh, okay perfect it's, a, it's an article on recipes they want and illustrations in my style simple yeah. get on with it other times I'll, I'll look and think well actually um, there's a better solution you know they'll come with a slightly cliched concept and maybe that's just because someone's not experienced at working with illustrators and they're a bit scared and I'll go back and go well I like what you've done but we can really ramp it up and add a bit more pizzazz to this if we do this and, and, and people generally respect that and kind of go alright that's cool we like that let's, 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 yeah go for it and then like, okay now I'm going to enjoy this a lot more and that enjoyment comes through then in the final mm. thing and I just think you feel more engaged with the project if you feel like you're a part of it rather than it's uh, just a hand yeah. you, know, you know sometimes it's good to be just a hand and especially if you're tired or burned out you're just like brilliant I don't have to think <laughs> But I think it's making it what it needs to be within the parameters, you know? Not yeah. every job where you can be like a creative, you know, trick. But um, I think there's always ways to, to make it your own, even if it's just in the way you draw your lines or whatever yeah. it is, you know? I just think it's, um, yeah, it's respecting your character, I think, and, and your own enjoyment of it, yeah. It's just, uh, I think it's something that comes with experience, but there's just such soul to your stuff that, um, protect that and yeah, make sure people want you for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> which they would they would but, you know I can't see why someone would land on your portfolio and go well we want that but we'll tone it right down like, oh, well yeah exactly come on yeah yeah well you'd, yeah, you'd hope so yeah if they want if they want to hire me to do what I do then yeah they're kind of just you know let yeah. you loose a bit yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well um <laughs> The last thing I always ask guests is a segment I call the shark in the tank. The shark in the tank is after Damien Hurst's piece, which is a big, oh, yes. divisive piece of art, and I love it. And, uh, I saw him when he was at the Tate Modern. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it had the yeah, shark in the tank and um, the skull that had all the like, crystals on it. Oh yeah, it was like about a million pounds to the yeah. <laughs> So I ask people for a love and a hate, or a positive and a negative, uh, about what they do about your work in illustration, and it can be as serious or as playful as you want. What I love and what I hate about it. Yeah. Um, I suppose I love the freedom of it. I guess particularly compared to what I used to do. I love sort of being my own boss, doing what I want when I want to do it. Um, yeah, the actual work I do, I love because you know I enjoy it. I specifically chosen to do it in that way. And I enjoy creating it. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy the feeling of sort of, I guess, pride I get if I finish a bit of work. So I think, oh, that, yeah, I like that. I spent this time on it. It's turned out good. I like the colours. Yeah. You know, if I yeah, if I finish a bit of work and I'm happy with it, you know, that's you know, that's brilliant. Yeah. I just love that feeling. Yeah. That feeling that I get. <laughs> um, what I hate about it, I suppose, at the moment. Uh, at the moment, I suppose I hate that I'm not actually earning any money from it, um, which isn't great. Um, I suppose just the general uncertainty of the whole career of like being freelance yeah. after having a full-time job for so long. Obviously, the security of that is was a big plus for me. So not having that security. Um, or sort of, I guess sort of knowing what's good, what's coming up or what's going to happen yeah. um, isn't great but I mean that's vastly outweighed by you know, all the positives for me at the moment anyway yeah um, so yeah I think that'd be it nice well that's perfect and uh, lastly where can people check out your work uh, you can see my work my, I have my own portfolio at lauragreenan.com uh, green, at Green and Draws at Twitter and Laura Green on, Inst- on Instagram um, and I think that's it yes wonderful well thank you so much for your time and I hope it uh, all gets going yes thank you very much <laughs>
thank you once again to Laura for taking the time to meet me at the Southbank Centre in London. We had to work with the wind, with some passers-by, with people drinking coffees, but anyone who listens to the show regularly will know fine well that that's just what a rest on the mix is. I grab what I can, when I can, because I'm an illustrator, I'm not a broadcaster, but I do try and put out some interesting and engaging content with exciting people in the creative industry, so keep coming back and checking them out. Go and have a look at Laura's work at lauragreening.com. Um, thank you again to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk and theaoi.com. Laura's just signed to Illustration Web, so go and have a look at that ever-expanding portfolio. Um, and just great, exciting resume of work across animation, uh, illustration, lettering, large-scale, live, you name it, it's on there. They're covering a lot of bases uh, and working, doing good stuff with the industry. So thank you. Cheers, Laura. Um what we got coming up? Well, back from a break, if you didn't notice, it was a slightly extended break because I gave you a lot of episodes in a concentrated period of time. But here we are, ready for the run up to Christmas now. Man, we're into late November. How the hell has that happened? Every year just seems to zip by and I sit there at Christmas, kind of burned out and shell-shocked and empty-headed, ploughing like 50 cookies a night into my mouth. <laughs> just thinking, where did that, why the hell has another year gone? Um, so I don't know what's coming up, 2019, um, I'll be honest, I'm a bit freaked out, all this global warming stuff, the climate change, it's kind of really starting to hit home now, isn't it? If you're not aware of the news, please do go and scare yourselves by having a look and do what you can, that's going to become my cause, I'm doing this podcast and I'm going to start doing an increasing amount of work to raise awareness of the nasty state of things in the environment, so sorry to drop that one on you, but... It's kind of stuck in my craw at the moment, and I really think it needs to with a lot more people. Just wanted to get that one out there. Um, thank you once again, like I said, to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, aoi.com, sorry, theaoi.com, and heartinternet.co.uk. Cheers once again to Laura Greenen. We've got some great shows coming up. We've got Mark Richardson, some super fried design, really beautiful typographic and illustrative work, and a quite a broad array of projects. So go and check out his work. We've got Jim Sutherland from Studio Sutherland. The fantastic Tash Wilcox coming up uh, amongst a whole host of people. Jane Boy is going to be returning to the show. Um, go back and check out episode 35 with Jane, talking about women in print, her awesomely inspiring celebration of Northern ladies through print design. Exciting stuff all round. So thank you once again for listening to the show. Uh, do go and share... Any thoughts, opinions, reviews, get us a little review on iTunes if you can, at Arrest on the Mix on social media. I want to know what you've been doing. If you want to come on the show, tell me why and why you're doing something exciting that deserves to be on it and I will consider it. And let me know of anybody you'd like to hear from. So thank you again for listening. It does mean a lot. Really appreciate it. Um, have a great week. Nice one, guys. Take care.